The following podcast is part of the Underdog Sports Podcast Network. For advertising information or to find more great podcasts, visit us at www.theunderdogsports.com and follow us on Twitter at RealTheUnderdog. The Underdog Sports Podcast Network presents Hang Time, a pro basketball podcast. Welcome to the Hangtime Podcast. I'm Will Posnan. I'm joined by my co-host, Kia Stokes. Hello. Sorry. No, no worries. And uh, we got some really special guests. We got uh, Bria Hartley from the Phoenix Mercury and her son, Bryson, who is going to probably be in the background <laughs> at various points. <laughs> um, so, Kia, I'm going to start. Uh, you, you guys, uh, were you both – did you both drive to Minnesota to go to uh, – the uh, protest um, in honor of George Floyd? Um, I mean, originally, no. I'm here to visit Bria. Um, <laughs> and then happened to end up joining the protesting. Wow. Yeah, and I've been here in Minnesota for, like, probably since quarantine started. Uh, went home briefly just to, to New York to get my son. But I've been here for most of the, the time. So a lot of my friends and stuff around here were involved in the protest. So we so, just joined in. How are you? Uh, how are you tied to Minnesota, Bria? Uh, so my boyfriend right now, he's from here and lives here, so I'm here with him. Okay, cool. And uh, and Kia, so you were already planning on driving up, and then all of this happened. Uh, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> Bria had been trying to get me to come see her in Minnesota since we're so close to Iowa since she got there, and basically, you know. I didn't want to ask my mom if I could go. <laughs> so um, I just waited until I got a little freedom and then came out here. Now, people listening, remember, we're talking about grown women still needing to ask <laughs> their mom for permission to hang out with their friends. But so let's listen. Let's, I don't care how old I am. I'm, <laughs> I feel like you live at home. Permission. I don't think it's the permission. It's just the you don't want to ask, and they have a differing differing opinion than what you have, so you want to avoid the conflict. Exactly. I don't know if it's necessarily asking. <laughs> I just don't want to hear. You know, I don't want to be lectured. Right. <laughs> well, uh, that's. I mean, that's crazy that uh, you guys were already planning this, and then all of this happened. So, uh, was it? So as soon as so you didn't start driving up until. Um, you know, until after uh, the murder of George Floyd? Like, that was – or did were you already in Minnesota and then this happened? No, I was at, I was in Iowa. I was visiting another friend, but then I flew here. So I had booked, so I had booked my flight, and then when I landed, that's when – the next day, they're like, oh, yeah, we're going to do this protest. So I was like, all right, I guess I'll come check it out. Yeah, and I was uh, – I – my plan was I went back to New York for like a week and I, my plan was already like my flight was already bought back here to Minnesota. And then it happened like maybe two days before my flight is when the murder happened. So when I got back, it's when everything kind of the protests and everything started started going on. And uh, for people listening, you guys know each other very well. You were teammates on Liberty together, your teammates at Fenerbahce together. Um, how did the conversation go uh, to 
like to arrive at the decision to attend the protests? Side note, we also went to college together. Right. Oh, yeah. That's true. I look. So we played together for many seasons. Two for three isn't bad. For, yeah, you you didn't even remember the question. You're so focused on what I did wrong. Okay, so the question was how did. <laughs> so you guys were teammates at UConn. Then you guys were teammates at New York Liberty. Uh, you guys have been to each other's birthday party multiple times. How did the conversation? <laughs> go down to uh to attend the protest um well i think i'll say initially i'm not the type of person who likes to go to protests or large gatherings like that just because i just sometimes i feel like it, it could be one one person with a different agenda that kind of ruins it for everyone mm-hmm. but um, I, when i got here on friday a group of my friends went and protested, and I didn't go, and they told me it was peaceful, and everything went really well, so then they were like, oh, we're organizing again on Sunday, so then I was like, all right, well, uh, it was, everything like went well on Friday, so then I was like, oh, I'll join you guys on Sunday, and then Kia was here, and I guess just kind of tagged along. <laughs> yeah, I'm glad I went for the most part, because I wouldn't go by myself, but yeah, that was, uh, was interesting. No, so- it was kind of incredible, actually, to see everyone come together. Yeah, I mean, sometimes you need that. You need somebody to go with you to to get you out the door. Um, were you nervous at all as, like, you know, relatively public figures? You know, you guys are going to – like, people are going to see both of you, and they might jump to, oh, these guys are professional athletes immediately. Was that in the back of your mind at all? I mean, not for me. The protest that we went to was organized kind of by athletes or, like, other basketball players. So I kind of felt at ease uh, when it came to that aspect of it. Who, yeah, I agree with that. Who were the, who were the organizers? Yeah, I don't know all their names because it's, like, it's, like, my boyfriend's friends. But I know one of them is PJ Hill, and that's, like, Taylor Hill's brother. And he, like, they're from here. I grew up in South Minneapolis. So, like, they had a big part in it. And then I think another guy's name is Royce. Oh, yeah, Royce White. Bruce White, that's his name, okay. <laughs> uh, so they had a big part. They, I mean, they played basketball. Like, I mean, PJ went to Ohio State or whatever, and um, they played overseas and stuff like that. So just a lot of athletes that were involved as well, whether overseas or local professional ones as well. What, uh, what have they said being from Minnesota about, like, the, were they, are they from Minneapolis or St. Paul or outside of those cities? So PJ Hill, they're from South Minneapolis, so like the area where you see like there's a lot of looting and destruction. Like it's literally three blocks from where they grew up. So they're from here. I'm not really sure what where Royce White is from. What did did they say anything that was like specific to the Minneapolis community, or do they look at this? more in the national sense you know like it seems split between people that are focused on specific communities because they're from those communities and then people that are looking at this more from the national perspective so are they in one of those camps or not really um i think it's a combination of both i mean when you grow up in this is the community that you're in of course like that might be your main focus point but i think because you've seen so many uh, cases of police brutality or people being killed by the police all over the country that it becomes a national thing. I think I think you really got to look at it from both perspectives. 
Yeah, even like in, during the protest, it was, you know, half the signs were for George Floyd and the other half were, you know, Black Lives Matter and, you know, F the police, <laughs> stop racism. So, you know, it's, I feel like it's, it covers all the whole spectrum. Yeah. Sure. Uh, did you bring Bryson? No. Yeah, yeah I'm not. That's the whole thing. The, the big crowd, large crowds. Something like that. If you got to run trying to carry a three-year-old or something, it's not. I mean, some people had their kids out there. Personally, I did. Feel like I wanted him out there, so I didn't. That was uh, that was our thing too. We're in Newark, and uh, we went to the protest, but we were like on the edge of it because we have a one-year-old. So we didn't want, right. you know, a one-year-old can't even wear a mask for coronavirus. So we just wanted to stay on the right. edge. Yeah, and Bryson, like, he'll wear his mask or whatever, but then he keeps taking it off after a while. <laughs> yeah. Same with adults. Hey, I mean, you can't tell, like, a kid who's into sports to keep a thing over their mouth and nose. Right. 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 You know? Right. Uh, so, which, uh, so were there any, like, the athletes on the national stage that what they said resonated with you, or were you, are you kind of, you know, just focused on... Like, are you doing the whole scrolling through social media thing, or are you just more focused on, like, day-to-day? Um, I think I'm doing a lot of my social media stuff. I think, I mean, I have a big enough following, and people are watching, so I try to, like, post what I can um, just to try to bring awareness out, out there, even now, like, about, like, black-owned businesses and supporting those. Because um, when you have a platform like this and a lot of followers, you, you never know who will see it. So you hope, hopefully you can post something that really inspires someone. Um, I think I try to do a little bit of everything. I think normally I do a lot of just like social media stuff. Like I said, going out there though was definitely, it was definitely empowering. Because I feel like as we walk through the streets, you saw people honking their horns, like encouraging us. You see people from their balconies videoing, videoing us walking through the streets and cheers, cheering us on. Even initially when we're on, like, the expressway, there's cars just, like, pulling over. Some people didn't even seem mad that they were in traffic. They're, like, just honking their horns. These people pulled over to the side in their cars to join us out there. So I thought you saw, like, some hope. And you see a lot of people of all different races out there to support this cause. And I think that's definitely what we need, and that's the step in the right direction. For for sure. Um, Now, you said that uh, you... You know, you definitely wanted to use your social media and stuff to potentially inspire people that saw. Um, was there anything that you guys saw on social media that really resonated with you? Or was there, like, another person's page where you, you know, that you found inspiring? Um, for, well, at least for me, uh, my friend Steve, he was on this, actually, like, way back in the beginning. He had, like, two sentences the first time I actually met you guys in New York. Um, anyways, I was on his page, and then he put up this post that was, like, 98% of all, um, I wish I could find it. Basically, like, any time by the way. I just want to say, if Steve's listening, I remember, I remember Steve. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, let me see if I, uh, it was on my story. Dang. But it was basically, uh, like, cases that involve police brutality, like, go on, like, not convicted, not charged, not arrested, like, nothing. So I just, like, when I seen that, and that was probably, like, what, three days ago? That's kind of when I wanted to start being more active on social media when it comes to that. Because usually I was kind of just, you know, here and there if I see something. Um, but then since then, I've seen that, I was like, wow, that's crazy. 
Yeah. Right? Well, I think that uh, normally, like, social media isn't as effective of a tool as people like to think that it is. But I think in this rare instance, because everybody was working together, like, it was actually social media, especially – I mean, I'm only on Instagram, but I felt like Instagram was really effective in communicating that people under 30, like, pe younger people, like, this is a, a priority for us to fix this problem. Yeah, I agree. Um, yeah, what what about you, Bria? Were there any was there anything that you saw that um, that connected with you? Um, or something you saw a, a another athlete do? I know that uh, like for me, I saw that Coco Goff organized her own protest, and so did Jalen Brown of the Celtics, and like both of those instances, and both of them like gave long speeches, like five minute speeches about why they cared so much about this issue and mm -hmm. I I would recommend for people to check those out. They're very thoughtful and yeah. well said. Yeah. I think for me it's just one thing that I see with this whole situation, I was just like, we've seen cases like this before and we've seen people like kinda go out and protest or whatever. But I don't think we've seen it at this scale. Like it's Every state in the U.S., I feel like there's riots go, going on or protest or peaceful protests going on, and I think that just really shows like how much of a problem this is, yeah. and how it's like, all right, we're not gonna stand here and let this continue to happen because it keeps happening time and time again. So I think it's just like I just been sitting here sometimes like, wow, this is this is really happening. I think this time like I'm just kind of in shock, <laughs> and yeah. it's like you think. You think it progressed from like the 1960s? Like my dad's older, and he talks about like when he grew up, uh, just in a different time where being racist was okay, and like here we think like oh it's not okay and it doesn't happen anymore. But then you see it like it continually happens, or people think it doesn't happen anymore. But if you're anyone who grew up uh, a minority knows it continues to happen. So it's like you think times has changed, but it's like we still have a, a long way to go. Yeah, I mean, definitely. And uh, I think that one thing people are starting to realize is like, you know, we hear about the civil rights protests and protests in the 60s. Um, and we think of other times as being historic times, but like any time has the capacity to be a historic time. And if we all come right. together um, for this cause, like we can get changes made. Like one good idea I heard is for chokeholds to be outlawed on a federal level so that cops won't be able to cut off people's air supply ever again because that's never proven to be a useful tactic. So like that's a thing that could change forever because of, you know, the work that people like you guys are doing by going to these things. Hopefully. I just know it's not going to be as fast as we want it to happen. But, you know, sometimes it just seems like we're taking baby steps and then something bad happens and it's like, all right, we're back to square one. So it's hard to tell, like, how effective what we're doing will be. Yeah. You know? No, I think that's but why. I think we got to stay the course. It's like we got to, like, stay the course. I think not as much now, but before it's like, all right, something happens and then people want to try to make a difference. And then if something doesn't happen for a while, people kind of forget about it, and then something else happens, and then people try to step up and do something again. But I think it's like, you think about Colin Kaepernick, like he's been doing this and continues to do this, 
even when it's not like a big hashtag of a name or a big case going on. It's like people need to stay the course and continue to do it, not just do it when something uh, like a George Floyd um, incident happened. You know what I mean? Yeah, 100%. I mean, I think that uh, Colin Kaepernick, one thing that I don't think people attribute to him that he should get a lot of credit for is he was the first person to really drag a company into this fight with, you know, the Nike company. And now, like, on top of all of the pushes in regards to legislation, like, you have all these companies donating, some of them just because they feel pressure to, like, Wendy's just donated $500,000, not because they care, because they feel like they have to. Twitter donated $3 million today because they feel like they have to. And uh, that's money that activists are going to spend to, you know, improve quality of life, to create programs, to pressure for legislation. Like, all that stuff is really important. And uh, as of today, all there have been protests in all 50 states. Uh, there were protests in New Zealand and Japan and probably some – and my cousin in London went to a protest in the U.K., and uh, there's so yeah, they had it in France. Like, yeah, my teammate in Sweden, she's like front front line when it comes to that. Super like into activism, like loves it. So she's doing her thing over in Europe too. In Sweden. Yeah. Cool. And Bria, are you are you French? Are you on the French national team? Yeah, I have um, dual citizenship. Okay. So I'm French American. She's really French. <laughs> she's you know more French than you're Turkish. <laughs> Yeah, for sure. <laughs> I have actually French family. <laughs> so this is so you guys made the the Minneapolis protest international. You guys were representing Turkey and France, you know, in solidarity yep. with America. <laughs> yep. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> uh, well, we I had a a listener question from a while back that actually is kind of relevant with this. The question was for Kia. Uh, if you could ask LeBron one question, what would it be? And so we can, I guess you could do like one question in regards to this and then maybe a basketball question, then we can move to some of the basketball stuff because there's like big news in basketball for the first time in forever. Unless you guys wanted to talk about, unless there's other stuff about this that I forgot to ask about. No, I'm cool with the, the basketball yeah. move. It's been a nonstop talks of social injustices lately, so I think I need a timeout. <laughs> Right now. <laughs> so, uh, if you could ask LeBron one question um, or two, what would what would you want to ask LeBron right now? Man, his bank account info. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and I mean, I don't even know. That's a tough one. Just one question. That's, uh, I guess, two questions. Uh, <laughs> that is, that is kind of tough. I feel like. I mean, I think I was asking like, what's it like, like being LeBron? I don't mean, I don't want advice. I think that's lame. I mean, it's probably important, but no, I, I don't care about that. So I mean, just like, what's it like being LeBron James? Like, you know, when you have all this money just to do whatever you want. <laughs> nice little family, with a dope ass daughter. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I just, that's, yeah, that's I think it. just what's it like. I think that's an interesting angle. I mean, I never thought about that aspect of like when he goes to a restaurant, he's representing the brand of LeBron James. And when he goes to Six Flags with his family, he's still doing that. Like that is an interesting aspect of his life that uh, 
that I've I've never thought that much about. Bria, would you ask him something similar, or would you? Now she can't really ask um, him for advice though, because you've already framed it as. <laughs> Wait, what? I said I wouldn't ask him for advice because I thought like he gives advice to everybody. Yeah, no, nah, but I would ask him probably for advice because I would want to see, like, kind of how he, like, like how he started his own school. You know what I mean? Like, okay, Brie, you look like an asshole. Nah, I'm not, but <laughs> I feel like it's just things, like, probably small and scarable things that, like, I kind of inspired to do. So I'm like, also how, like, he got his friends, like, his best friend Maverick from his hometown is now like this person. Rich Paul is now a uh, agent of this like big company. You know what I mean? Like just kind of the steps he took to get to that. You know what I mean? Being able to yeah. help his friends to build his own businesses and stuff like that. That's what I would probably ask about. So we have different <laughs> opinions. <laughs> How, uh, how's it gonna, like, what are your feelings around coming into next season and having, both you guys have a lot of new teammates, and Bria, you're on a new team. Uh, how does that work with, like, in this crazy time, having to meet people and become teammates with them for the first time? Um, I mean, I think it's it's difficult. I know for my team, we try to do, like, Zoom meetings and just, like, little, like, team bonding things to try to get to know each other since we we haven't been around each other or can't be around each other. Like, we would normally – have been luckily I mean I had like a couple teammates on there that I already knew so like that makes it a little bit better but especially going to a new team like it's only like one player that's on the team or two players on the team that I played with before the other ones like I might know them but you know people from a distance you don't know them at that teammate level so um it's definitely difficult I think you just do what you can try to reach out to people here and there and just create conversations and then I mean a lot of this like social injustice stuff has been like topics between our team and just everything going on so uh keo what about you because you're like one of the only returning people i'm not one of the only but like it's like half and half like half the team is new for you guys yeah and that's not even being like not even exaggerating like we have six rookies out of a 12 person roster um so it's tough i mean I was trying to think when I was a rookie, I was super shy. I didn't really reach out to, you know, the vets. So I'm assuming that they kind of feel uh, in that way. So I'm trying to reach out and be, you know, a nice person and try to welcome them to the league. But it's tough when you never met them. Like, you see them for a couple minutes every week over Zoom. But, you know, so it's it's really difficult. I mean, me with, like, Kia Nurse and Rebecca Allen and Amanda Zowie B, like, well, yeah, we're back like none never change. So adding the six rookies, it's a it's a tough it's a tough little gig there. But you know, they seem nice. They seem really nice. Yeah. No, that's I mean that makes sense that like you guys are you're pro athletes. You're just trying to like keep your routine the same. But yeah, it's like a it's gonna be a big change. Um, but like also it wouldn't make sense. If you guys seemed like visibly stressed about it and stuff, that would not be helpful. That's a that's gotta be a difficult thing to navigate a little bit. Um, Bria, do you think that uh, is there like wh- what does it do to this situation that you're going to one of the more star-studded teams in the league? Um, what do you mean by like how like... does that affect like do the like, when you're going to a new team and there's, like, big stars on the team, 
do you go to them first to like be brought in or are they like i don't like is how does that work are they kept is are they treated just like anybody else or are they the leaders of the team or or do you not know yet because you um, haven't gotten to play with them really I mean, I guess you, I mean, you go into, especially going to like Phoenix, like BG's been there her whole career. Diana's been there her whole career. So you pretty much know like, okay, like, yeah, like they're the leaders of the team. But I think, I mean, I haven't played with them, but from what I've heard and what I've seen, I've heard that Phoenix is one of the best organizations. Uh, I hear Diana is one of the most unselfish players. Like she's there. Like, I think she's going to be a good leader as far as like teaching me so I think I go there with a pretty open mind and as far as like how things are like I don't know sometimes teams have like their clicks and stuff I think I'm pretty like I don't know I'm pretty independent so like I'm I'll kick it with anybody like I feel like I'll hang out with this group one time another group this time so I kind of just go there and I think naturally you just find out like who you kind of click with more or who you vibe with more but um ultimately I think I'm pretty open to people because I mean, even going overseas, you have new teammates every year. You have to learn new teammates. So I think it becomes, like, also, like, they become your, your friends, but it also becomes a part of the business. Like, you need to get to know these people to work with them to come together to achieve a common goal. So I think you kind of get used to that year after year um, meeting new teammates. Do you consider Diana – is that your GOAT, or do you have Maya or someone else as – uh, I'm definitely Diana. I mean, you ask anybody, I was the biggest Diana and Sue fan. Like, when I was younger, or I guess when I first met them, they're like, oh, you're going to see her all the time. You play against, well, well, now I play against her. But initially, I first seen them, like, this is, like, my first time. People make fun of me. I'm like, man, I was in middle school when she was playing in college. Like, damn. <laughs> So I'm a little starstruck. <laughs> like, but I mean, after you're around them a lot more, then it's like, all right, cool. Like, it's just D. Like, she's cool. And even Sue too. I told her the same thing. I'm like Sue. I see Sue always came back to campus for like rehab. I guess my first two years. So I was like, oh Sue, I'm used to you now. Like, it, you're you're not a big deal anymore. <laughs> right. Super not a big deal. Right. <laughs> but now she's part of a celebrity couple, so she might have changed. Who knows? Nah, nah, nah. Sue's always the same. I promise you that. She's, she's a hosting. Big ass kid. She's hosting the ESPYS. The ESPYS. Yeah, that's dope. Yeah, that's crazy. I'm excited to see that. Uh, that's dope. Nah, Sue's always Sue's like hella down to earth, like no matter what. So like, Sue, <laughs> Sue's never like that. Okay, I'm not. I wasn't trying to badmouth her. I was just saying, you know, sometimes people become nah, like a celebrity couple. <laughs> Yeah. And they change their phone number and stuff. <laughs> no, I still got a phone number. I don't text her like that. I feel like everyone, I feel like even Kia, I'll talk to her more on social media than I do actually texting her. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so are you guys uh, optimistic or pessimistic about uh, the WNBA coming back? Um, <laughs> I am torn. Just because I know what it will take to make it happen, uh, but you know, obviously, I want to play too. So yeah, it's, it's just tough. I think I'm similar. I'm just kind of like I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Like, obviously, we want to play. Um, it's like there's a lot going on right now. Like, and, and players have been cooped up in the house for two months. Not everyone's had like access to gyms. Or whatever, so you kind of don't want to go out there and you're not on the 
on top of your game or the best you could be, you know? So, um, it's a real difficult situation. It's hard to manage. I think we're all just trying to figure it out and figure out what's, what's best right now. Do you think that potentially playing in a bubble would give a advantage to, like, teams that have played together a long time, or would it give an advantage to newer teams, newly constructed teams, or no advantage? Hmm. I would say no advantage. I think it's like a personal thing. Like, how do you manage yourself when you're, you know, can't leave the bubble or you can't, you don't have as much freedom as you want to? I think it's like a personal thing. Well, it might force you guys to hang out, right? Like, I know some players, you know, they play the game. It'll be like college where you thing. hang around each other too much. <laughs> <laughs> it's like college, they want you to hang around your teammates all day, live with them and everything. Like, <laughs> it's, like it's, like space. it's like overseas, but you can't go anywhere, do anything. Like, you just tracks. So just like overseas. No <laughs> yeah, but worse. Yeah. <laughs> Because uh, overseas, you still can make friends and go places and go to restaurants and hang out. Yeah. In no. a bubble, you can go to your room or your roommates. I mean, your <laughs> sweet mate's room. <laughs> Would you guys rather be in your own bubble or in the NBA's bubble? I, we had a, a listener wrote that. They were like, would you rather have your own like bubble or, or be in the same one? Um, I'm just going to say, I feel like... If we were in the same bubble as NBA players, there would be a lot of shenanigans. But it'd be dope, though, just to, like, go see them play and, like, have them able to come support us, too. But I just feel like this could be messy. Well, I mean, they got, you know, it's not like it'd be unprecedented. Like, the Olympics kind of do that, and... I never right. I don't understand. I heard wild stuff go down the But it's only like 12 people. Like, yeah. it's different when it's like 12 and 12 and like 144 and however many NBA players there are. Like. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, the um, thing about the Olympics is they have the people that they pay to keep sports. quiet, you know? Well, that, but they also have like oh, security yeah. and stuff. So I'm sure the NBA oh, yeah, bubble yeah. will have that. I don't know if you guys will have that. But the NBA bubble is going to have some secret keepers because uh, you can't really tell oh, a guy sure. with $500 million what to do. Right. Like, are you going right. to kick – I'm going to say Giannis because there's no way Giannis would ever break a rule. But we all know somebody who might that's a superstar. But, like, you're not going to kick Giannis out of the tournament because he went off campus to – Get a magazine or something. I mean, I'm using like euphemisms. Of course, nobody's off going to get a magazine. <laughs> That's not the shenanigans you were talking about. Right. I mean, I don't know. If he was endangering the lives of everyone else. You think they would? You I think don't they think would? they'd take him out. I don't think they would. I think they'd cover no, him No, I out. think Giannis would tell someone else to go get him something. He's not going. That's true. But Bring if, it. If Bring Iverson, it back. If Iverson, if Iverson were still in that bubble, though, like Iverson's not sending anybody. Iverson's going to go take like one of those slingshot three-wheeler cars and just drive out the bubble and drive back. I mean, it's possible. That would be interesting, to say the least. Where, uh, do you have any city preferences for where your bubble might be? Personally, I just want uh, good weather. 
That's it. So, I know I mean, that they talked about Florida and they talked about Vegas, so probably if you guys get it, it's going to be somewhere with good weather. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, personally, I'd say Vegas because what shenanigans can I get into, right? <laughs> <laughs> but, um, no, I'm just kidding. I'm really kidding, guys. Um, <laughs> but, I don't know. I mean, is Vegas going to be open? Because if not, then it doesn't matter if we're going to be stuck in a hotel anyways. Well, they're not gonna let you do. They're not gonna let you guys go see Blue Man Group or whatever, even if you're in Vegas, you know. Um, yeah, like so, it doesn't even matter, like that it's Vegas. But maybe if you're in Vegas, like maybe some of the stuff that's close to everybody, you guys would get access to, like just like swimming pools and that kind of stuff, you know. I mean, I hope so. That'd yeah, nice. I mean that would be nice, but it's just really one of those things that we don't know. <laughs> We're just waiting to hear and figure out what they're going to say. We really don't know how everything's going to work. Well, what are the big things that are important to you that you hope that, uh, you know, your uh, players organization bargains for in regards to this? Um, nice place to live. A kitchen. That's really it. Yeah. I mean... I want to say, like, people can come with us, but that kind of defeats the purpose of the bubble. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. It just sounds tough being in a bubble for however long, I don't know, a few months, and it just sounds like, man, you worry about, like, mental health stuff, like, people being cooped up in there. Uh, I mean, if you have families, you know, bringing your kids or whatever, like, how all that's going to work. So, especially, like, me being a single mom, like, how all that's going to be narrated is kind of, like... You really don't know. And, like, personally, like, I didn't, I went overseas this year. My son wasn't with me. I'm not trying to go another three months and he's not with me. So 100%. You uh, know, I think that that's a like, lot of things to figure out. That's, like, one of the most important things to me for the, uh, the players' organization to make sure of with your guys' season is that they have, like, child care. And especially if they're going to push it back to September or something. I don't know. Like, there's all this. But they need to have, like, child care and – high quality tutoring and all that stuff for anybody who that'd be crazy to me if they're after this whole player agreement and stuff that was a big win for the WNBA if they're gonna like separate people from their kids right so yeah it's tough I mean I don't think they would separate people from their kids but it's still like all right but now say it's like oh I'm living in Phoenix, I could take my kid to like a daycare or something like that. But then if you have me in this bubble, I'm there. Then I have to have like probably someone with me like all the time, you know. So it's like trying to navigate that, like like overseas payment, <laughs> payment for that person, like food, like all this stuff has to be thought about, you know. Have you been Where to Phoenix? Just... Yet? Oh, sorry. No, I haven't. Okay. I was just curious if you. No, I haven't been there yet. I mean, this is such like a crazy off season for you guys, like with coronavirus and stuff. It doesn't surprise me at all that you haven't been. I was just curious. Hold on, Bryce. Just watching you naked. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to figure out when he took his clothes off. <laughs> so I'm inclined to leave. Oh, you want to take a shower? Because it's too funny. That's cool, right? Or do you want me to cut this out? No, you can leave. I think it's funny. (laughs) 
But Bria had to go uh, take care of that, so it's just me for a little, for a All couple right, minutes. Cool. Well, I'll ask you uh, the last uh, listener question that I got, which is, what what new music are you listening to right now? Oh my gosh, new music. Let me just go straight to my my phone. We get new, but the Weekends album was amazing. Love that. Yeah. Futures album, High Off Life, definitely into that. Um, Drake. Chicago Freestyle, that's just been on repeat between me and Bria. Oh, the, the few um, good songs on that thing he released? The ones that were good? Like, yeah. It's very top-heavy. I'm not going to say it's bad. I'm glad he released it, but it's very top-heavy. I mean, I feel like we had those. We had, all had those tracks anyways. They got leaked. I didn't have them. You, you, oh, well. But I'm also like, <laughs> I love Drake, but he's not, he's like not in my top ten, but right outside of it. Man, is that is that? I disagree. You you would put him for sure top ten. I don't know. Like, I think I got him fourth of his era. Like of his peer group, I think I got him fourth, which feels very unfair. But then I go, yeah, I think I got him fourth because I got Young Thug, J Cole, and Kendrick all above him for his generation. Bri, what you think? Where you rank Drake? In his generation. In his generation. And I got Nikki fifth. That's the top five for that generation. We talk about like we talk about like hits. We talk about your body of work. Body of work. I would body say. of work. Hmm. Drake go, might be pretty pretty high up for me. That's what I'm saying. Drake body might, of work. I mean, I got Young Thug like, number one, so it's not like I'm saying I'm right. And you know, this is my personal one? taste. But yeah, I go Young, Young Thug. You said Young Thug number one. Young Thug, J Cole, Kendrick, Drake, Nikki. That's my top five for that generation. Huh. I think I'm putting Drake over. I'm going probably like Drake, J. Cole. Yeah, like Drake won That's too. That's my style. <laughs> but Drake is definitely one or two for me. I don't know if I have Young Thug in that. Chris Brown in there too. I know he's controversial, but. Well, he's also not really a rap. Are we just saying people? Because I don't know. Oh, we're doing just rappers? Well, I was doing just rappers, but if, I mean, Chris Brown's uh-huh. not cracking my top five, even if he's included. <laughs> I, I think I'm definitely doing Drake number one, just because, just like, I mean, he can go R&B, he can go rap, like, he can make a song everybody want to dance to. Get you with your feelings, get you out right. your feelings. <laughs> like, J. Cole, as far as, like, lyricists and what he's rapping about, he's up there for me, too. Yeah, that's, I don't know, right, if he does do it. I honestly think I thought of him when I thought of that. <laughs> yeah, that's, uh. For rappers, yeah, that's tough. It's just really hard because then, like, I don't know if Gucci Mane is that generation, but I love Gucci Mane. He's not in my – he's he's right there. He's probably six or seven for that group for me. Okay, he's definitely yeah. not. I mean, I like, I like Gucci, but I feel like it's just a – He's just a turn-up man. Yeah, that's just like a, well, listen to something good, turn-up, like, listen to Gucci, <laughs> make a hit. Yeah, I'll put Kendrick in that. I'm more of like a – Conscious, someone who's rapping about something, not just a, someone who's woke. Yeah, yeah. Woke not just like yeah. who's who's woke with the Yeah. So you got so you're going Drake, J Cole, Kendrick. 
Is that yeah. okay? And Kia, you're going Chris Brown because you also like conscious, conscious people, so you have to <laughs> above everybody. I was just saying, in terms of artists in my generation, Drake and Chris. Chris is definitely talented. I mean, Chris Definitely destroyed Drake it. on the No Guidance thing. Like, Chris was way better than Drake on No Guidance, and I prefer Drake to Chris by a lot. Right. Yeah. No, I agree. I don't know. I have to think a little more about specifically rappers. Yeah. No, it's... I'll come, I'll come back to y'all with that one. Maybe <laughs> next time. All right, well, uh, that's, that's all. That was the last question that I had. Um, was anything else in what about anything uh, in regards to the NBA season coming back? How do you guys feel about that? Mm, so one thing about us is we're trying to grow our women's game, and you know we got the TV contracts and stuff. I just wonder how it's going to work with the NBA and the WNBA being played the exact around same the time. same time. The exact same time. You know, because then it's going to be like, all right, we felt like we weren't getting enough coverage by ESPN before. Now it's like, all right, they're going to be like, they're going to be like, oh well, the NBA is going on, so you know, does that is that going to take away from us? That's why they should put you guys in the same bubble so that they can do double headers with double both headers. You guys. Yeah, I always thought double headers could work because you see, like even with like TV shows, like say there's a popular TV show on, then they'll introduce like a new show that comes on after it. So like everyone's watching the one show like or whatever, and they kind of keep their TVs on to go into the next show. So I thought that'd be cool if they had like a men's game on first, and then everyone kind of keeps that channel on, and they see the women game coming off, they end up watching it. Might get some new fans. People end up liking our game because sometimes I think people prejudge and don't even give our game a shot. Yes. So if that happens, they might end up watching and be like, "Oh wait." And also, these girls, these girls are kind of good. These girls are pretty talented, you know. Also, people don't realize how much of watching the NBA is about like the whole package around it. I mean, I love the NBA, but sometimes I watch NBA games because I want to see Charles and Shaq react to them, and Charles and Shaq reacting. To your guys' games, and I know Shaq has Shaq's been more vocal, like about wanting to be involved with the WNBA. So like that would bring a lot of people in too. And I mean, everybody I know that's checked out the WNBA recently, uh, like within the last two years or so, has been really impressed by it. It's just great basketball. Like if you love right. basketball, and you, I, I forget, I think Deladon made this point, but it's like if you like watching Steph Curry highlights, you're gonna like watching WNBA highlights. Like right. yeah, there's not. You know, there's no, like, I mean, you probably in Phoenix have the closest thing to somebody who can do, like, Blake Griffin things. But there's not that, but, like, there's still right. amazing basketball being played. Right. Yeah. But people, they get so focused on the how fast guys are, how high they can jump, you know, the dunks they can do. That's what they're focused on. But, like I said, real basketball, that real basketball fans that appreciate the game, you know, they have no problem, you know, watching it, giving it a chance. They're the ones that actually enjoy it, but, right. you know, I mean, how often do you hear from those people on social media? <laughs> well, you, well, the thing is that they are, they are saying that stuff, but, like, if you're like most people, you're only seeking out the negative interactions on social media, and, like, other people, everybody highlights the negative, but if you want to go to Instagram and you go, like, if you type in a hashtag, like, WNBA fan or whatever, like, there's tons of people that love the shit, but... You know, it's only when, like, some goofy D3 basketball player says that he could dominate the D the WNBA, that's when they pick up the story, you know? Yeah, because yeah. that causes more clicks than positive stories. Yeah. Everyone loves controversy. But, I mean, I've noticed, too, though, like, so 
I think I was a little naive, not naive to it, but I feel like I follow a lot of like women's basketball pages. So like initially, like when they announced about Skylar going to Phoenix, it was like, oh, all positive, all positive. And then I guess like Bleacher Report posted it and I just went and looked at the comments and I like I've heard everyone talk about it or whatever. But sometimes I'm just like in my own women's basketball bubble. And, like, literally all these negative comments, I was like, dang. Yeah. <laughs> like, there wasn't one positive. Well, it might have been one, but there was barely anyone. So when you go, what I've noticed mad? that when you go through, Huh? Why were people mad at that? At they home? weren't mad. They oh, were, just it was just shitting. like, oh, no one cares. Like, get no, back in the kitchen. kitchen. But, like, okay, that's on Bleacher Report. But if I'm looking at, like, a WNBA post, yeah, it's a bunch of people that are like, oh, this is dope. Like, all this other stuff. And I think... That was the first time, not the first time, but, like, that's when I really, really noticed it, like, bigger. Because I was just like, dang, these people really be saying that much? Because I feel like other stuff I'll see, it'll be, like, one comment like that, and someone will say it. This one was, like, every comment. That's the inter- every comment said that, and I was like, dang. That's, that's also, crazy. like, that's a Bleacher <laughs> Report problem, too. Like, right. I feel like Instagram is the best representation of how people feel about things. Like, Twitter is people trying to be loud. Internet's people trying to be shitty. I one time I went out, I was uh, listening to a Stevie Wonder song on YouTube and I mm-hmm. did the, I was just like with my friend and I was like I wonder what the comments are gonna be and it took like ten comments for it to get super racist to follow yeah. Stevie Wonder to like in like a race war going back and forth between just like you know two people it's not like everybody was it it's like two people and they each comment a hundred times so. Yeah. It's like that's just an internet problem. But I feel like on Instagram, the WNBA gets a lot of love. I think it just depends on the the whoever posted the picture. Yeah. Because it can be super positive or super negative. Anytime I'm on like a major platform like Bleacher Report or we even made our shade room once shade room once and it was just like negative, 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 right. negative. So like any ESPN it's bad. ESPNW, we're good. <laughs> but ESPN, it's like, go to the kitchen. Who's that? Never heard of them. Oh, I did a joke. Yeah, like, yeah, like <laughs> God, they're not even funny. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, that is a, that's probably not the criticism you want to put out there. Like, be funnier with this, <laughs> with this shit. I mean, ideally, I want all people to, like, I mean, if you really care that much about something, like, how can you hate us that much that you need to post on it? Like, that's what I think. Are we taking time out of your day so you have to comment? Like, I think that's just annoying. But. I think that it's people who are looking at the league the wrong way. Because I think it's people who are jealous that you guys get to get paid to play basketball. But what they really need to do is just watch the game because they'll understand that, like, NBA players and WNBA players are the only people who are getting paid to think about basketball all the time. And it shows, like, I mean, I – since I started watching more WNBA in like the last three years, uh, I started watching a lot less college basketball just because it's just frustrating to watch, a, you know, an 18-year-old point guard blow a game with three turnovers in the last three minutes. Like it's just – I just can't go through that emotionally anymore. I need to just watch <laughs> professionals because I'm just so, – I'm tired of watching kids cry because they ruined a game on television, you know? Yeah. Man, those are the worst. Especially when they're playing <laughs> UConn, it's brutal because they end up like losing by 40, and then the third, four, you know, uh, it's uh, that's the other thing is that especially with college, sometimes the games are not close at all. Yeah, but I mean, usually the big conferences are good. Yeah. Usually. 
Yeah. Um, so, uh, do you guys still do Yukon stuff? That, that'll be the last thing. Is there, like, still, like, do you guys still, uh, will you message each other about, like, big Yukon games, or you guys are more focused on, like, the here and now? Um, it just depends. Uh, for example, like, for me, like, I'll talk to my teammates still. Um, like, that's not really changed. But as far as, like, some people go back to campus, work out, um, go to the Final Four whenever UConn's in it, like, the college games. Um, like, we always get invites, but, you know, fortunately, at least for me and Bria, like, we've all, we're always overseas during, like, the Final Four time, because that's, like, the biggest, one of the biggest, you know, reunions, so to speak, because a lot of players go that aren't playing overseas, but, but I'm like, okay, I'll cheer on and I'll stay up until four in the morning to watch UConn play. <laughs> Hope they win another championship. Uh, but, yeah, other than that, you know, it's, it kind of just depends on your schedule um, outside of the WBA season. All right, cool. That's all. Uh, that's all I have for today. Is there anything? Uh, is uh, Bryson was able to successfully make moves in the other room? I haven't heard from him <laughs> since his last. Oh yeah, uh, he took a bath and everything. You know. <laughs> <laughs> all right, great. Well, uh, thanks so much, Bria, for joining us, and thanks, Kia. And uh, thanks for having me. Yeah, and follow Bria on social media if you already don't. Yeah, Bria, what's your social media? Breezy14 with three Ys. <laughs> and you can follow Kia at KStokes41 and me at Will Posnan. That's, uh, that's it from us. Thanks so much, and uh, we'll, you'll hear from us again soon. Thanks, guys. Thanks.